Hey everybody, it's Britt, lead pastor at Sunridge. Welcome or welcome back to the Sunridge Teaching Podcast. You know, we are on a mission here at Sunridge to help people find and follow Jesus. We believe in the good news that Jesus welcomes all, regardless of how far you feel from God. That means we're a great starting point to explore Christianity or to sink your spiritual roots deep as a devoted Jesus follower. For the summer, we are gathering indoors with a team teaching model that provides opportunities for you to stop and process some of the concepts we cover. If you're listening to the podcast, we recommend you too gather with some friends or family to discuss the introspective questions attached to the note sheets you can find at our website. And the podcast will note the appropriate breaks in the Sunday teachings for you to do that. If you'd like to know more about us, just check out our website, sunridgechurch.org. And of course, we'd love to have you drop in anytime for a visit and to learn and worship along with us. And now, here's our teaching for the week. We hope it leads you to encounter the way of Jesus more fully. Um, so, a couple of things are coming up at Sunridge. First of all, we're bringing back kickball. It was such a thrilling thing uh, over the retreat. Yeah, uh, that must be uh, the yellow team that's applauding because they trashed everyone. But um, So it's next Sunday after church. Grab something to eat. We're going to Vintage Park in Marietta. And uh, you can find more about that online. Uh, we want you to register so that we can set up the teams fairly and, and give you a color to wear so it would be easier to identify you. So that's a fun thing that we can do and hang out. So sign up for that, more online. And then um, secondly, we have a Bible study that's going through the Gospel of Mark coming up. It starts June 22nd. That's also available on our website. It's for men and women. And uh, I think it's five weeks going through the Gospel of Mark. So I encourage you to join that as your summer study. And uh, so those are the things coming up. Uh, we are, during the summer, doing something unusual. If you're new here at church, you see our seating arrangement is very strange because these are interactive services. For the summer, we are having three different speakers with a break in between each speaker where we get to dialogue and discuss some of the ideas that we're learning about. So if you're an introvert, I just want to tell you, you can sit there and chill. Don't freak out. Don't run out of the church right now. If you're an extrovert, just calm down a little bit, okay? We know you're going to get to talk and meet people. So uh, this is all because we've, we've seen, you know, through COVID how people are so disconnected. So we invite you to join in at your level, what you're comfortable with, or just observe and be a part by just being there in your group. So each week we start off with a little introductory thought or uh, event to kind of get you thinking about what we're going to be talking about today. And because it's Father's Day, I've invited a couple of dads to be a part of this uh, part of the service. So um, I got a dad and a daughter team and a dad and son team. So would, would you folks come up right now that I invited before? So come on up. These are our victims, I mean our participants today. And I want to introduce them to you real quickly. What's your name, sir? Philip. Philip, okay. And what's your name? Grayson. All right. Philip and Grayson here, father, son. And then right here we have Scott and McKenna. McKenna. And you also go by Kenna, right? Okay. So 
Um, this is not a competition, I want you guys to know, but let's have uh, father-son up first. What I'd like you to do is dad go to one end of our balance beam and son stay at the other end of the balance beam. And the, this event is super simple. All you need to do is both get on the beam and pass each other while staying on the beam. Okay? Let's hear it. Let's see. Let's hear it for Phil and Grayson. Great job, fellas. Stay right over here. Now, Scott and Kenna, you don't have to use their same strategy. You can make your own up, but it's the same rule. We just want you to be able to pass each other. And don't hurt yourselves. Don't hurt your dad. Oh! <laughs> Let's hear it for Scott and Kenna. Okay, so uh, one last uh, event, since we have time. Let's, what do you think about Phil and Scott both doing it? Okay, how about that? <laughs> oh! Keep trying. Try one more time. I think they should try one more time. You can do it. They're strategizing up here. You can't hear this discussion. But. a uh, little more difficult. Well, it wasn't a competition, but you guys are all winners. So I have Starbucks cards for Grayson, for Phil, for Scott, and Kenna. Let's hear it for our participants. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. So um, here's your first chance to talk about what just happened. And I just have one question for you to spend the next uh, minute or so talking about in your group. It's like, what observations can you make about this exercise? That's it. Thank you. All right, can we give it up again for our participants this morning? 
Incredible. So, so loved that. Well, each week over the course of this summer, we are looking at a spiritual discipline. We've talked over and over about how our series called Formed reminds us that we are always being formed. We are always being shaped. And so we're looking at spiritual disciplines that throughout the centuries, Christ followers and our faith community have submitted themselves to as they've attempted to become more and more like Jesus. And our balance beam exercise this morning, particularly how Bill and Scott at the end perhaps decided they would go about this, is actually very appropriate for our topic because our spiritual discipline for today is submission. So what does submission mean and what does it look like? What I'd venture to say, however, is that a lot of us are actually often resistant to submission. That's your first fill in the blank. We probably don't like to be told to submit. Anyone in the room want to be told to submit? Probably not. And so to illustrate that for you, I'm thinking about this past year. We've got a few memes up here. I think uh, I'm trying not to be too polarizing here. So here's the very first one. I know a lot of us uh, weren't too keen on these, but again, it's not about the Mass. I'm thinking that maybe this individual was going to submit to the Mass, but wasn't going to give up wine uh, for communion, of course. What about our next one? Is the remote control kind of a a source of tension in your home? I look at this one. Sometimes my husband has a day off. I like to bring the TV remote with me to work. I don't know about you. So there's another one. What about this one? Anyone really particular about the way that the dishes ought to go in the dishwasher? (laughs) Yes, yes. Mark, I see you back there. Tetris, adulthood edition. How many of you have a person in your home who, after you have loaded the dishwasher, comes behind you and actually refixes the dishes? Yes. Jenny, David, you're outed. And then uh, going back to... uh, Bernie Sanders, you remember this Bernie meme. What about MMA? (laughs) There's good old Bernie putting someone in submission. Again, the reality is I don't think most of us like to be told to submit. Again, we're often resistant to submission. I think that there are reasons for that. On one end of the spectrum, perhaps we are resistant to submission because as Britt and Lisa alluded to in week after week of this series, we have a sense of wanting to control, wanting to control the outcome. And if we are to give up or go under or give away, the outcome might not turn out the way that we want it to. So that's one of the reasons. But then on the other end of the spectrum, perhaps we are resistant to submission because understandably so, we have seen abuses of power in our own life. And sadly, and unfortunately, under the auspices of Scripture throughout the centuries even, people have proof-texted and taken isolated verses of Scripture and told people that, again, under the authority of Scripture, to submit must look like this or that. And there's been a lot of evil that has come from that, whether it's been in totalitarian governments subjecting citizens or in abusive situations behind closed doors or toxic work environments. And so we can think about these spectrums or ends of the spectrum. And then maybe perhaps more so in the middle, you and I do value our freedom and our independence. And quite frankly, a contrarian spirit isn't always the worst thing, right? We don't just want to go 
along with the flow. We certainly don't want to disregard boundaries. We don't want to be doormats. But we're not talking about thinking through submission in a way that provokes our fear and why we would be resistant to it. Instead, when we're speaking about submission as a spiritual discipline, we're thinking about how we can be different because this is the pattern of the world. Every week this summer, we've used Roman chapter 12, verse 2, that says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so the pattern of this world is that even though we're resistant to submission, there's probably a different way that we can go about doing that. So what do we do? How do we respond to Jesus' invitation to submit? Well, we know that there are many passages of Scripture that speak to submission. We can think about Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, that says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We can think about the disciples trying to jockey for position and Jesus saying to them that you know that the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And we know Jesus also saying to his disciples, anyone who wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. So over and over in Scripture, we see Jesus and other authors throughout write about submission in a way that, yes, might provoke the fears in us, but there has to be something here that is for our good. So how can you and I participate in our transformation and the renewing of our minds and how we think about submission? You know, when I was a kid, I absolutely disdained onion and garlic. I mean, it was the worst thing to me. And growing up in the Manimptum household, it was not good if you didn't like food because at our table, if something was put on your plate, you had to eat all of it. And you couldn't leave until every single bit of it was gone. And I had a gag reflex to onion and garlic. And we might think of submission and want to gag in that way, but that's not what this is. I love onion and garlic. Now, my taste buds have changed. I've grown a little bit. And if submission is for our good, then we have to be able to participate in it somehow. So here's the first way that you and I can participate in our transformation, how we can start thinking about this differently. It's to start seeing the submission of Christ. Again, it's to start seeing the submission of Christ. And when we think about Christ submitting, we can think first and foremost about him submitting to the Father, which ultimately would lead to his sacrifice on the cross, at the hands of the authorities, demonstrating God's love for us. But we can also look at Jesus day in and day out. We can see him submitting to the people in the crowds that were reaching for him to touch the hem of his robe. Or people along the sides of the street who would call out, Son of David, have mercy on me. We can see him submitting to the questions and the challenges of the religious authorities. Over and over, we see Jesus taking the time to not just go about doing what he would want, but to please the Father, which meant that he would actually be walking in submission to people all around him. 
What's fascinating about Jesus is that when we think about what he is entitled to do, we see him submitting to an experience of life where he goes about accomplishing what he was sent to do. So let's look at another way that we can be transformed in our thinking about submission. We can start looking to work together in ways that challenge what we think this is. You see, when we think about submission, if it's just about a moment in time about not getting what we want and deciding then and there, I'm just going to give someone else their way, and we don't see it within the large context of what we're called to do, then we're probably just going to be more and more resistant to it. So I'm going to show a video this morning that is going to illustrate a lot of submission, but in a way that you might not be thinking normally. Here it is. Turn your attention to the screen. Come on. When you hear submission, do you see smiles that way? That's probably not what you're thinking. And yet over and over, several weeks ago, when we had our pre-summer retreat, there really was 
acts of submission over and over and over, and acts of submission in the way that we would typically think about submission, putting others before ourselves, like we see called to us in Philippians 2, having that same mindset as Christ Jesus. And so we could see that our middle schoolers, they submitted to longer teaching than they'd probably like to. And we could see that we had adults from all ages submitting to games that they probably wouldn't have normally played, eating stuff they might not want to eat. But submission, again, as I said earlier, isn't about just moments in time where you choose to do something you don't want to do. What if submission is actually an invitation to something so much bigger than us? I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, which says, For the love of Christ urges us on. I'm going to memorize this as a kid. It said, compels us in the NIV. We are convinced that one has died for all, therefore all have died, and he died for all so that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view. We know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And as we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. I need to get off the stage really soon, but I hope you see and hear over and over in this passage of Scripture, this giving, this putting others before oneself. We see Christ doing that. And we see us called to submit to him. We see God not counting our sins against us. We see God entrusting us with the ministry of reconciliation. We see an invitation to work together with him and not accept the grace of God in vain. So here's your very last fill in the blank. I think the way that you and I can be transformed in how we think about submission and pulling it aside again from just not doing things that we don't want to do for the sake of others is to actually break up the word into submission. If there's anything for you to remember this morning, I think a takeaway is to hear in this separating submission, there's an invitation to something so much bigger because when we think about the word sub, the prefix, to, to take away, to, to give, or to be under. And then we combine that with what the word mission means, to endeavor toward. I think in that we actually see the heart of God. Because to put yourself lower and to serve those around you makes no difference unless you and I understand who we're doing this for and why, and ultimately to what end. So before we continue with some more teaching, why don't you take a few minutes to answer this question. How are you resistant to submission? How do you resist submission? Go ahead and take three or so minutes.
Okay, well, here we are at this last part, this third part of our morning together, this part where we get to look at that last portion, that last chunk of our Romans 12, 2 verse. How are we going to together test and approve, try and see what God's will is for us in the area of submission? And for that, I want to think one more time about this balance beam over here, this exercise of Brit father and daughter, father and son, on that balance beam together, each of them, every single person involved, having to think about the other person, kind of navigating their space, the other person's space, thinking about the other person and their needs, all the while having to think about their own needs so that each of them can ultimately be successful in what they're trying to do. And that, of course, can be served as a metaphor for human submission, right? One person or both people surrendering their own will, submitting what they want and they need so that in the end, they both can find fulfillment. And that of course is what we're called to do and it's beautiful when that happens. I know that we can all think of instances that we've seen, we've witnessed, we've maybe even experienced ourselves of of times when we've noticed, we've we've seen that kind of relational self-sacrifice and self-denial that is so inspiring and challenging when we see that. And maybe even once in a while, we've been able to do it ourselves every once in a while (laughs) because it really is beautiful when that happens. And that, that thinking about the other person, that really trying to love them well, does go far in getting us on that path to submission, father and son, father and daughter, thinking about the other person, thinking about what it's gonna take to make that other person successful. And that is how I've thought about submission for years. It really has, and it's really served me well. It's been very helpful and enabled me to do what runs counter to my own instinct and the pattern of this world, which is always going to be to look out for myself, to look out for number one, right? And yet, this this other way that Jed has introduced to us today kind of highlights new aspects of submission for me and maybe for you as well, that tweak the focus a little bit and enlarge in that perspective, seeing ourselves within the context of God's mission, under that mission, something that we are doing with Christ and with each other really has the potential to change things, doesn't it? And to to really impact our practice of submission and thereby our transformation. Because what is a mission? I think that we can all think of different types of missions. There are, what, there are trade missions, there are medical missions, there are missions to extract hostages, there are space missions, there's missions to blow up the Death Star, for example. (laughs) The emphasis of every mission, as these examples highlight, is the ultimate goal that they have, landing that trade deal vaccinating the community, getting those hostages out safely, landing on the moon and getting home safely, blowing up the Death Star and landing a staggering blow to the Empire's hold on the galaxy. And what every, <laughs> what every person on that mission team have in common, what they have before them is that ultimate goal. It's never really about what any one person on that team is doing compared to anybody else because each person's contribution that they make is absolutely critical to the success of the mission. 
And that is what that teamwork is built and oriented around. inside the Kremlin and retrieve Cobalt's file before he can destroy it. New intel suggests Cobalt is already en route, leaving you four hours, 52 minutes to infiltrate. To save time, we've chosen your team for you. Agents Carter and Dunn. As always, should you or any member of your team be caught or killed, the secretary will disavow any knowledge of your actions. This message will self-destruct in five seconds. Good luck, Ethan. Your mission, should you choose to accept it. Well, as followers of Christ, we don't pick up a payphone to get our mission because Christ himself told us what our mission is right after he was resurrected. In John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus tells us, Peace be with you as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. We are sent. That is what the word mission means. It's from that missio, which means sending. And Christ tells us that we are sent as he was sent. So as a follower of Christ, you are part of a team on mission to do as Christ did. All of us, brothers and sisters here, and all of those out there beyond the walls of this church, we are the team of ministers of reconciliation to do what he did, bring his hope and his healing and his restoration that is what we all together get to do. And so I'm curious what you think, what kind of internal impact it might have to think of this a little bit differently. How might it change? How might it shift how we feel about what we are doing and why in submission if we were able to let go of this idea a little bit that it's so much about what we are giving up in that negotiation on that balance beam, so to speak, when we find ourselves intention in these times of conflict or in opposition where it feels like what I want and need runs counter to what you want and need. What if we were able to not so much think about it in terms of saying no to ourselves, but instead of saying yes to God, yes to Jesus, when Jesus says your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to do life like I did with me, for the sake of the world and the glory of God. Because we know how Christ did, did life. We have that example all throughout the Gospels. And Paul telling us over and over again in different places, like in Philippians 2, which, spoiler alert, is your daily meditation for this week. And that takes me to the time where I get to talk about what our practices are for this week. How are we going to practice this together? Figure out, try and see, test and approve together what God has for us in the area of submission. Are you ready? Okay, well, we're going to follow the same pattern that we have in other weeks, which means that we're going to start with one that we're asking everybody to do together. Our daily meditation passage for this week is going to be on Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. So the idea is that this is something that all of us, every single day, you're going to find a time during the day that it works for you to read the passage and just ask God to talk to you about it. 
And remember that when we're, when we're doing this daily meditation together, this is one of the ways that we are really trying as a body of Christ here at Sunridge to do spiritual formation together. So even though throughout the course of the week, you're out there, out and about throughout the valley, we are all together gonna to be doing this thing together. And with that in mind too, I would invite you to do something that I've heard some of you are doing and I think is such an awesome idea, which is to just figure out somebody else who's doing this as well and connect with them throughout the course of the week. Maybe on Wednesday, you give them a text or a phone call and you say, hey, I know you're doing this too. How, how is this impacting your week to meditate on Philippians 2, 1 through 11? So that's the first practice that we'll all do together. And then there's five additional practices that we're inviting you to pick one. Just choose one. The first practice is designed to get after this idea that we introduced when we were talking about the balance beam. This idea that maybe it might be really helpful to tweak our perspective a little bit, to think about how the thinking and the posture of our heart really does impact our transformation when it has to do with submission. So in order to get after that, you're going to choose a day of the week this week. And throughout the course of the day, from the time you wake up in the morning to the time you go to bed at night, every single person who you interact with, you are going to try to think this thought toward them first. This person really matters to God and is also within his mission. So as you're interacting, whoever you, whether it's people in your home, your coworkers, people that you're dealing with in a retail environment, think that thought first, even before any words come out of your mouth. This person really matters to God and is also within his mission. We're just going to see what kind of impact that has on our heart toward people and thereby in our ability to interact the way that we want to with them. Okay, then there's three practices that are coming up that we're inviting you to do that are, they're gonna help us practice this thing that a lot of us have a really hard time with, which is letting go of getting our own preferences, surrendering those a little bit. A lot of us just, that does run very counter to our natural instincts and the pattern of this world. And so we need to take a few baby steps together. And so the next three practices will get after that. The first one is you're gonna let someone else choose what you eat. Now, when you go to a restaurant this week, a lot of us are gonna eat out this week. One time, you're gonna go to a restaurant and you are going to invite your server or the person at the counter to choose your meal. If you don't go out to eat this week, you're gonna invite whoever's with you to decide what you're gonna eat. So if you cook for yourself, you're gonna say, hey, what should I cook for myself tonight? Okay, so that's the first thing. You're, you're gonna do that and then you're gonna reflect on how that felt and maybe kind of some of the internal struggle that might've been involved in that and ask God to talk to you about submission in that way. The second thing we're inviting you to do is seek out a person in your life with whom you disagree about something that's important to you to have a conversation about that thing. So maybe you'll go to coffee, you'll go for a walk, and you will just invite them to share their opinion about that. What's really gonna be important in this conversation is that you try to speak as little as possible. Really only speak if you need to ask questions for clarification. You're not there to argue your point, try to get your opinion heard, or change their mind. So again, Notice, reflect on how that exercise feels to submit to that person in the conversation and then talk to God about that too. And then lastly, this week you're going to go surfing and you're going to let a few waves go. 
<laughs> Meaning you're going to be on your board and you're going to look to the side and you're going to say, if a big wave's coming, you're going to say, hey, bro, why don't you take this one? Okay, who wrote that practice? Me, Jed, or Britt? <laughs> that was Britt. Okay, so for the rest of us who don't surf, we're going to practice that while we drive. Okay, we're going to practice yielding this week while we drive. So if you're driving and someone's, whenever anybody's trying to get into your lane, you're going to smile and say, take it, bro. <laughs> okay? And you're just going to, again, notice the kind of internal strife that that might bring up in you and submit that, surrender that to God and talk to God about that. And then lastly, of course, like we'll do every week, if none of those practices feels like it's really going to get after what your sticking point might be, maybe the thing that you, you know that you need that's going to challenge you, then we invite you to design your own practice for the week and do that. Okay, so that's looking forward to the week to come. However, we had a week just behind us, didn't we? How many of you were able to engage in some solitude this week? Anybody? Feel free to raise your hand. Do I see any hands out there? I do. Okay, so this is our chance where we're going to get a chance to kind of collect up together and talk through what it was like to practice some solitude this week. You're going to have three minutes, and you have two questions up on the screen. How did you practice solitude this week, and what was your experience like? Conversely, if you did not find yourself able or willing <laughs> to practice solitude, you can talk about that as well. And then what did you learn from your practice of solitude this week that you could incorporate in your future? So three minutes to circle up with your people now. Okay, I'm gonna get your attention one more time. You can stay in your groups, but now you're going to just pivot and talk about the week that's to come. So now it's going to be time to talk about what you think you might do for submission this week. And you have a couple of questions to consider. What are you looking forward to about practicing submission? That's an awesome question. That sounds funny. And then what do you think is going to be challenging about submission? All right, so we have another three minutes before we go to worship. So take some time with your group now. Hey everybody, it's Britt again. Thanks for listening. If you need help with something, if you have a question or you'd like us to pray for you, you can reach us through email, info at sunridgechurch.org. Or if you'd like to know more about us, just go to our website, sunridgechurch.org. It's super easy to navigate. We hope you'll listen in again next week. And in the meantime, wherever you go, be the salt and light of the world.